How SEO and PPC can work together. The Knowledge Panel, Episode 24. Hi, it's your temporary host David Bain here, and today we've got another wonderful episode with uh, three great panellists here discussing all the merits of uh, perhaps just doing SEO, perhaps just doing PPC, or perhaps doing them both together and working very extensively and effectively together. Um, so we're going to have a great discussion about that as well. I just want to mention quickly to anyone that happens to be listening on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, any different podcast platform, we do broadcast live. So if you can come and watch the next show live, just sign up thenowledgepanelshow.com and hopefully you can join us uh, watching the next one live. But without any further ado, Let's get straight on to introducing the three wonderful panellists that we've got today. So in traditional Dixon fashion, I will say panellist number one, who are you and where do you come from? Howdy all. Thank you very much for having me. My name is Nava Hopkins. Uh, I have been in the digital space, actually started off as an SEO, uh, made the transition to PPC. Uh, I've had the pleasure of working with international accounts across every vertical. Uh, I've taught courses on PPC. Uh, I've built the paid agency or the paid arm within tech SEO agencies, worked on software. But most importantly, I love helping people. Uh, I am the Ask the PPC for Search Engine, Search Engine Journal uh, and one of the founding board members for the Paid Search Association. So all of that is to say, I'm really excited for our conversation around empathy, technology, and how we can ultimately help you. And one of the ideal guests for this particular topic, if you've crossed the boundary from PPC to SEO or, or uh, the other way as well. And um, Becky as well. Um, oh, I rather shouldn't say Becky. I should say panellists number two, shouldn't I? Who are you and where do you come from? <laughs> so I am Becky. I'm founder and CEO at Reflect Digital. Uh, we're a digital marketing agency based just south of London in the UK. And I guess what makes us special is the fact that we're kind of here to unleash digital performance. And we do that by connecting motivations and psychology into digital marketing strategies. So we've got an SEO team, a paid team, a CRO team, and we really look at a holistic strategy. Um, so yeah, so I'm going to come at it very much from a strategy angle today and looking forward to the conversation. Superb. Strategy perspective, bird's eye view perspective, perhaps <laughs> as well. <laughs> and moving on to panelist number three, uh, who are you and where do you come from? So hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Nadia Mujahid. I am based in Geneva, Switzerland. Um, so I've been in the digital marketing uh, field since more than 12 years. And uh, recently, since 2018, I decided to create my own agency, SEO Transformer. And um, I help international businesses, UN organizations, various in various sectors um, with their organic growth, basically with um, content strategy, website migration, technical audits, and um, all what helps bring um, the brand um, to the users, actually. So I'm glad to join you here and thank you for having me. Yeah, and I'm glad you talk about brand as well, because um, brand is something that SEOs weren't so great at maybe 10 years ago, um, getting a lot better at it nowadays, of course, as well. Um, so shall we start with perhaps looking at whether it's possible to work in either SEO or either PPC in a fairly siloed manner, just thinking about your own role in mind, we've got Nava shaking her head there as well. Not possible nowadays, Nava? Uh, well, not only not is it possible, you will hurt yourself if you try. 
so the days of I'm going to go hide in a corner and keep the client in the dark and, and work my magic voodoo, they're, they're over. Um, and it's actually really good because it means that not only uh, are we sharing data um, that we own, um, privacy first web compliant data where the it, users consent to cookie tracking, where we have our global uh, analytics tag installed, all that. Um, we want to make sure that we are collaborating both PPC and SEO so that we're sharing that same source of truth, uh, but also so that we can prove out ideas in a meaningful way. It, it doesn't make sense to hide uh, what converts and what doesn't on the paid side from the SEO team so that like they, they have to create content strategies in the dark and vice versa. If there's really solid intel uh, on the content side or the insight search side that can be relayed to the paid teams to understand what ideas might convert and be worth that more expensive auction price, makes zero sense to silo that. So you're hurting yourself if you're trying to, to hide and you're also hurting yourself if you refuse to share reporting data. So yeah. No, so Becky... Okay, 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 okay. So share, share, um, make sure you talk to people. Becky, um, you obviously manage a big team and you've got SEOs and paid search specialists that work for you. So obviously there are different mindsets that are perhaps better for different roles that um, the individuals happen to do. Um, if someone isn't brilliant expert at um, paid search and just wants to do that. Are you quite comfortable with that person staying in paid search and, and not educating themselves about SEO? I think so in that it's it's making sure you've got the people to bridge the gap internally. So not everyone themselves needs to be an expert across everything. But the thing that I say to the team all the time is your customer does not care what channel they find you on. They just care that you're there when they need you at the right time and depending on where they are in the journey. So that's the bit. So it's one of the reasons we created our kind of um, customer experience team that we've got that kind of major on CRO analytics and bridging the gap between the two because it's their job to get into the mindset of the user more and to map out what customer journeys look like and where we'll find different audiences. And then to bring the two teams together from an SEO and a paid point of view to say, hey, look, this is how we make this happen. And then actually, naturally, the teams start working better together because they can see that central customer first, I don't care what channel you're on strategy, and then they see where they play in and how they work together. And and that for us is how it's working and, and working really well. So Nadia, customer first, is, is that how you approach trying to encourage SEOs and PPCs to work more closely together? Yes, absolutely. I mean, um, there is, um, so uh, SEO and PPC are just like the other side of the coin. And if the brand's um, uh, users are on Google, then uh, both um, um both of the channels are actually um, important to reach to the customers. So it's basically the customer that we are trying to reach to. And um, by sharing the uh, data and knowledge, we will just help each other uh, perform better. Um, with PPC, for example, sharing the data of what is um, what are the keywords that they are um, targeting, then um, when SEO incorporate them in the text, we will help them by reducing the bid cost, for example, from a um, performance perspective. And um, the same um, as well with the different um, aspects. Now talking from an SEO perspective, so the more we actually um, share knowledge, we SEO will help PPC achieve better results um, 
together uh, when it comes to page speed elements, having the page uh, better for the user experience as well. So um, I always promote it as a win-win. We're not competing. Actually, we are helping um, reach um, for better results. Now, this is a great panel because I can see that you're um, suggesting great topics to um, further the conversation as part of the private chat as well. So also free, feel free to jump in and add, add to people's um, um, suggestions, um, you know, thoughts. Um, so completely open panel discussion. Just just jump jump in whenever you want. Um, sh- shall we just move on to how to decide to spend your, your budget? Because um, obviously every client has a limited budget and you want to maximise the impact of that budget as well. So um, I guess what kind of perspective do clients tend to have on how they want to spend a budget and how do you go about um, push, not pushing them in the right direction, but uh, ensuring that they go along the right path um, to, to, to maximise the impact of their budgets? Becky, would you like to go with that? Yeah, so we take a research-driven approach because actually to us, we don't mind where they spend their budget, but actually it's more about starting with where, again, we're going to find the customers and how they're performing currently, benchmarking against competitors. So we've got kind of an in-depth discovery process that we'll take people through, which does everything from profiling audience, finding drivers, looking at all the channels in depth to understand the opportunity, understand the kind of cost, obviously, from a paid media point of view. And paid media, we're talking everything from from Google through to YouTube, but through to programmatic social channels, like anywhere we can pay to put an ad. We want to be thinking about that in relation to the different audiences. And then it's starting to marry that up against the business objectives because we need to understand what are they looking to achieve and where are we going to get our kind of quick wins, our low-hanging fruit that's going to help them justify back to the board that this makes sense and the investment's working. Where are we going to have our long-term strategy that maybe, like, especially from an organic point of view, there might be some keywords that are that are kind of our six to 12 month plan that aren't going to happen overnight, but actually will dramatically help and maybe reduce some ad spend in the future. So it's more about coming from it less emotional and a more rational database to being able to say, look, these are our options and these are kind of different ways that we could look at it and getting feedback from the client and making sure that we're, we're going to answer the demands of, of their objectives. Can I add something here? Yeah, I- go for it. I was, going to say, I was just waiting to see who's going to jump in there as an idea. Yeah. <laughs> So um, I uh, totally agree with Becky. It's actually, it depends one on, um, yeah, the, the, the business objectives as well. Um, and also the, 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 what are the objectives and what is the um, business situation? So sometimes it's like some brands would like to, um, they want to show results, especially if in the, with the case of startups, they want when they want to raise funds, for example, or like um, short, uh, shorter term projects they want to see results now but at the same time um, so if it's a very competitive industry then uh, it might be um, most like a very cost um, like very costly to, to just like rely on uh, um, or to build the processes to rely more on PPC and not to benefit from SEO for example it's basically um, for certain uh, keywords um, there might be um, SEO can might might help the business for example um, finding the niche that they can actually uh, target that has not been never uh, addressed before or whereas the low uh, competition um, 
exist for that and then tap on that growth organically very quickly. Um, relying solely on PPC, for example, uh, on the other hand, uh, might, of course, drive results uh, for, the, for the time being, but maybe at some certain um, stages that uh, the bit cost will increase. The drop down of performance might happen. Um, so it's best when it's um, based on a um, case by case uh, situation. It's best, it's best when they are both are invested in um, both uh, to have, for example, your one property um, as a place where 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 you uh, push for immediate results and one property to build and to invest in to grow over the time. I'm so glad you brought up the look at each individual channel. So uh, whenever I'm working with a client, uh, we have a very candid conversation about what are your customers worth? uh, How many customers are you currently getting each month? And where could that number grow to without any foundational change or any operational change? Um, are you seasonal? Are, there's a lot of business questions that go into it. And there are certain uh, folks where I will never, ever recommend a Google search from a paid standpoint simply because they do not have the budget. But I might recommend a display approach um, or a local service ads approach coupled with SEO uh, from either technical or content. Or I might recommend, hey, let's let's just work on video content or let's let's work on guerrilla marketing just like maybe we we look at just more conventional media like it, it, it depends on on the client um, one really useful um, way to do this actually is go to Google Trends um, and actually uh, do a, a search for the different ideas that you want to potentially invest in either from an SEO content standpoint or from paid and you'll be able to see localized how each idea works. And depending on the search volume, you might even get auction prices back. Um, So as a general rule of thumb, you never want to set yourself up to be able to afford less than 10 clicks in your day if you're doing anything paid, because for non-branded, less than 10 is is asking your campaign to fail because a 10% conversion rate is exceptional. Um, and if, if you're asking for it to do better than that, you're, you're setting yourself up to fail. So when you set up paid, especially if you're not B2B, I mean, B2B, it's, it's a little bit more forgiving, uh, on, on that ratio, but you still definitely need to, to be mindful of that. Um, make sure that you're setting your, your budgets up to drive results that you need and that you understand what the factors are that influence that conversion rate. If it's, if you convert better on the phone, you better be setting yourself up for calls. You better, your landing pages better be set up for calls. Uh, the, the types of queries, the types of content that you're, you're doing better be encouraging that kind of conversation, planting that need to speak to an expert. If you know that your site sells you well, just worry about that. Worry about, um, worry about that easy navigation, the path to conversion, um, it, it, starting from business metrics and understanding pragmatically whether you can afford XYZ channel or not um, will help quite a bit. And also understanding locally um, and time-wise where it might make sense to make a paid play definitely will will increase the chance for success. Something else I just wanted to touch upon, Nava, was that um, you mentioned beforehand that um, we should maybe talk about how PPC is more than just Google search. Um, in terms of when you talk to... To, to clients about opportunities, are many clients actually aware 
of that, the fact that um, Google is, is, is a lot more than just text ads nowadays. And also, uh, I guess, to follow on from that, um, are areas like display or different video ads sometimes a much more co cost-effective way to, to start PPC with? Uh, not only are they, uh, it's where Google is going, but dirty secret, Microsoft ads exist too, and it tends to actually convert quite a bit better. And it's a lot easier to get more out of your budget there. So just a, a general disclaimer, I am a huge Microsoft ads fangirl. I love Microsoft ads. The audience network search, they're great. Um, love Google too. Um, but I, I do have a very near and dear place in my heart for Microsoft. That out of the way. Um, Google rolled out last year a campaign type called Performance Max, and it basically rolls in everything together, display, video, local, shopping, search. Um, and the reason why they did that is they wanted users to stop focusing on the individual channel, the nitty gritty, and leaving out opportunities that could serve them well. Uh, and really focus on business objectives. The downside of Performance Max as a campaign type is that we just don't have as much intelligence yet. Our, our ability to set certain settings aren't as great. However, um, based off of the tools at our disposal and based off of the way consumers are, are interacting with content, especially in the post-COVID world, video is non-negotiable. Display is non-negotiable. Um, luckily, every ad network has at least a Shutterfly or Shutterstock integration, and it will crawl your site, and it will help you create beautiful content if you do not have the team to do it yourself. Uh, but absolutely, absolutely, you need to be taking advantage of, of those channels, both from an auction price standpoint and, and lack of competition, but also um, that's where your customers are. Uh, and if you do not have a cohesive brand message and a cohesive hook to pull people into your offering on things other than Google search, you're just going to be paying a premium every single time. And they haven't decided that they have the need yet. You, you need to be owning that entire user journey. Is video generally more a brand marketing tool? And no, 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 no. So this is actually very, very important. And I, I would really love for both Becky and Nadia to weigh in on this too, because it's there's there's a lot to unpack here. Um, there's a reason why YouTube is the second largest search network. Um, there is a lot of mechanics that you can do, a lot of things that you can play with. Um, Google by the uh, and YouTube by the nature of, of what it is, you can have those very transactional ads that are focused on shopping where you you have that, that amazing ad and then the product is is right there. Um, land, uh, they're the landing page focused. Um, yes, you can have brand awareness and yes, you can have brand lift, but ultimately YouTube is a gold mine, a genuine gold mine for dynamic, meaningful conversations with people where it's that much more important nowadays to build that trust and to build that desire to interact with the brand so that they consent to not only um, engaging with you, but to letting you know that they've engaged, that they're engaging with you. I agree so much. It's all about building a relationship and, and that's what that marketing journey is all about. And I think um, too many people are just running their text ads at the point of conversion, but you haven't done anything to build a relationship 
relationship. So then the customer clicks on it and then they land on this site and they've never seen you before. They've got no relationship, they no trust. So then they probably leave and they go to one of the other results where maybe they have been doing all the other activity. And they're like, oh, this feels like a safe place, actually. Two weeks ago, I read an article that helped me make this decision. And, and they don't even realize they're putting all those things together. It's just they've got this feeling that they don't have about this brand that's just popped up out of nowhere. So I think the thing that um, we find really important is making sure that where you're using different channels for different things, that you're matching up what the customer should expect from it. So our clients should expect from a metric point of view, because some of them will be very different from a converting point of view. You're not necessarily expecting them to convert. Yes, you can use YouTube for kind of that final part of the funnel, but depending on what you're using it for, making sure you've had that conversation so that clients start to understand where they're expecting the users to be in the journey and what you're expecting as a result is really important because otherwise they can so easily bucket all of, especially on the paid marketing side of thing, they think it's all about driving ROI. And sometimes it's it's not about that. It's playing a different part of the game to get towards the ROI figure. Um, so yeah, that's really important as well. Yeah. So I would also would like to add um, for video, there are like um, different types of people prefer different, uh, consume different kind of uh, content and, and media. So um, your audience might not be willing to read um, long blog articles or long texts, but then with a video, uh, you could reach out to to those who look for uh, for um, for videos uh, to learn about your brand. So basically, it's an opportunity not to miss, uh, as Becky and Nav said. And it's actually it's um, I found video very effective as well to fuel the website, to fuel the social media interactions as well. So it adds this, um, as you said, Nav, a, a personal touch and interactivity. It's um, and sometimes. Actually, talking about SEO, sometimes for specific keywords, um, you need to have videos, actually. Sometimes um, for the ranking uh, of a specific keywords, uh, text doesn't work. Sometimes images, you need to have Im images. Sometimes it's best described, um, the content is best described by a video. So it's basically, um, it's it's best that you, as a brand, to reach to uh, the, 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 the users uh, with different channels and not to limit yourself. And nowadays with having, like, users don't expect a brand to spend that much on videos. Now with this, um, you know, like live videos and uh, stories uh, um, on social media and, uh, like, your portable phone can be your video recording uh, tool. So it's basically, uh, let's say, the expectation on like uh, how we should invest in, in, in video production. It might not be like that much costly. So it can be like a return on investment will be um, uh, bigger. I have one quick point on this, and then I promise I'll, I'll release the floor. Um, this is a very powerful PPC and SEO collaboration opportunity. There's a great audience type um, within paid search or any any Google channel. They actually take the YouTube audience of people who have subscribed, people who have seen a particular video, people who have commented on a video. So as you're working on your content and you're deciding where to invest that content, that audience that has engaged with you before can then be used to pre-qualify your paid spend. 
um, so that you're not just shooting in the dark and you're not just creating that that cold call. There, there's that warm interaction that Becky uh, mentioned, uh, and and you're able to really move the needle both on the PPC and the SEO side. So definitely, if you aren't already, use your your YouTube share your advantage not just to sell and and to build brand awareness, but also from a targeting standpoint as an audience. So primarily, the audience for the Knowledge Panel Show are SEOs, um, but obviously SEOs that are aware that it's important to learn different digital marketing activities from from other people and probably a, a lot of knowledge from paid search is, is, is an important part of that as well. Is it still the case that uh, the quality and possibly volume of keyword data that you can get from paid search tools is better than the keyword data no. available for organic search? No? No. Okay. <laughs> it died. We're, we, all, we are all crying into our search terms report. So basically what happens now um, is we'll look into our search queries and we'll see some data and we'll see other queries and a whole other chunk of data that's just this black box of, oh no. So if this is, what's actually really interesting is that SEOs, you're used to dealing with this. You're used to modeling. You're used to making those educated guesses. You're used to building out the data from the scraps that that you that we get from Google. This is a really powerful time to collaborate and to build those cross-platform reports because PPCs, we've kind of recovered at this point. Um, and yes, our, our modeling is, from a conversion standpoint is, is there. Um, but yeah, we we definitely do not have the 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 gold standard of full robust data that we we once did. I guess one thing that you can do for PPC for for SEO, sorry, is you you can actually test um, PPC for a short period of time, and then decide whether it's actually worthwhile to spend a decent amount of budget focusing on SEO for those not, particular terms. So this is actually very important. Um, okay. Different ad platforms have different uh, rules of engagement. Google requires age in order to ramp up quickly. And actually the smaller the spend, the longer the ramp up period will be. So if you're, if you want to test if an idea is meaningful uh, before you engage in the six month to 12 month content strategy, you need to make sure that you're budgeting in at least a quarter to give paid to, to actually prove it out. Um, to give you a meaningful data set. And you need to make sure that you're budgeting efficiently and effectively. Going back to that equation, can you get enough clicks in your day to trigger your conversion rate? If you're not doing that, I, I'm sorry, but you're going to get bad data. And, and on the flip side, um, if there are content strategies uh, that, you, that you have in play and, and they're converting, that doesn't necessarily mean that there will be search volume enough for it on the paid side. Like those amazing opportunities that Nadia was mentioning um, about low competition, kind of getting the, those 15% unique queries that happen um, in paid, if there isn't enough search volume, Google's just not going to serve it. So um, yeah, just... just little qualifier there that you do need to give it time and you do need to actually build in a test budget that's actually probably higher than what you intend to spend so that you can clear that that learning period quickly. Becky, is that something that your your teams do? Do you use PPC as a way to decide whether or not to invest in SEO? We do. We also use PPC quite a lot to test, um, obviously, um, content from the ads, but then we look at that from a metadata and page per 
performance point of view of what's working, what's resonating with audiences. So there is lots of data that can be shared both ways, but 100% using it where you can to test. But Nava's completely right. You've got to have enough budget to make a meaningful data set because I think too many people make uh, decisions on not strong enough data or we're looking at averages that just don't mean anything. So trying to find that kind of outlier data, that interesting, those numbers that actually tell you something that you can do something different because of it um, is, is the really important thing and probably the more difficult thing, which is why people struggle with it. And what about the other way around? Um, what are the learnings that PPC can take from SEO? Um, for, for example, um, if traffic reaches a website and it's probably the first time a visitor has landed on a website, there's an opportunity to have a tracking script on there, do some retargeting and, and, and things like that. Uh, what, what, what retargeting tends to be effective after someone has landed from an organic visit? Who's taking that one? <laughs> I actually would really love to hear Nadia's um, perspective on this because I have a feeling as, as you're working on content, like there's a lot of conversations about should I go to a paid or should it not? So I'm genuinely curious. So basically, like, um, just like uh, taking the conversation from where it ended uh, on uh, the testing part and then the re- uh, bridging it to the remarketing part. When it comes to the um, like search volumes, um, they actually, um, when it comes to, to uh, keywords, then um, it's, it's, I mean, it's not all about search volumes and uh, it's not all about, um, I mean, like even like what competitors have in terms of keywords, even like um, uh, we all know that uh, for the B to uh, B uh, keywords, you won't even find search volumes for that. The, the point is that to prioritize, to be useful to users, even if there are even no search volumes for that. And, um, and, so when it comes to, to SEO, like just having the content that serves the users and leaving it some time to cook, to bake for Google, to, to start driving results for that and then looking again at the search, uh, Google Search Console and seeing what traffic it can bring and then taking those uh, keywords and then giving them to the BPC team to actually do remarketing for those campaigns, uh, targeting those campaigns will be very useful because there are lots of, um, I mean, when it comes to, uh, especially to, to the traffic that comes from organic, not pe- not all people will be ready to buy now and not all people will be, um, especially like uh, if they don't really know the brand uh, very well, then they will need to come back and forth so many times. So that's where um, um it's very um, useful to all the time run remarketing campaigns to get this traffic to help um, us um, with the yeah with the uh, with the performance. So one thing I'm actually very grateful for uh, is that Google across the board, and I'm curious what everyone else thinks, uh, has moved away from last click uh, analytics being default last click, Google Ads being default last click. Uh, it's actually really funny in the new in GA4 last click is called is basically ads preferred um, because it's it so often give the credit to the ad. Um, I'm skeptical, um, healthy skepticism about the data driven uh, attribution being the the main driving force in Google Ads and then also in GA4. Um, but I think it, it's really interesting when we think about remarketing uh, and what gets credit and and how we we set up campaigns. Uh, 
A, getting comfortable with the fact that we're not going to have perfect tracking um, and, and what those user journeys look like, um, but also helping our customers or our stakeholders understand uh, there are fractional conversions. Like this, this engagement that was valuable to us happened because of multiple steps. And if we're remarketing or using just audience targeting, because to be honest, remarketing as, as it was before is kind of dead, um, especially in the cookie-less world. Do we focus on overcoming the objections that someone might have had on, a, on an organic ex experience? Do we focus on, okay, that group just isn't right, um, and so we want to focus on a completely different group and just understanding the page behavior. Um, there's a really great tool, um, Microsoft Fangirl again, Microsoft Clarity. Uh, it's absolutely free, and it will actually let you see what users are doing on your page. Um, so if you're really curious, uh, are people staying on and reading the full blog? Are people trying to engage with your form but then getting stuck? Um, this is really useful intelligence regardless of what industry you're in. Uh, so that, that user behavior intelligence is just as important as understanding what keywords to target or not, what audiences to target or not. And I think the more granular you can get with understanding what the user's done on the page or where, where their next page was to put them into the right remarketing bucket is absolutely key so that then you're putting the right message in front of them. And I think when we think of it as a journey, one of the things that our behavioral science team talk about all the time internally is about creating memorability because where we're thinking about the fact that, and it really does depend what you're selling, what your service is, what your product is as to whether it's got a short time span or a long time span to make that decision. But for those longer time span, you need to be creating memories. So you need to be evoking emotion because that's going to be more likely to create a memory. You need to make people think. So that, that old adage that actually online, we should not make people think you should make people think if you want them to remember something like they are more likely to remember it if they've had a bit of cognitive strain, if they've had to use their brain than if it was something that they could just look at and move on from. So um, we look at that as well from a ad content perspective as that kind of remarketing journey or also bringing in email marketing as well. So how can we, from an SEO point of view, if we're driving people to a page and we can get them to give us their email address in exchange for um, some kind of download or whatever it may be, if we can then take them on an email journey and a remarketing journey where we've again paired the channels together and we're thinking about the messaging, we've got so much more opportunity to build a relationship and to convert them. Now, another way that SEO and PPC can work together, um, or should perhaps say paid search can work together, is that um, is on landing page design. Um, so traditionally, or certainly in the past, uh, it was quite common for paid search to drive traffic to uh, orphan landing pages that um, didn't have anything um, in mind for SEO at all. Um, nowadays, is it a bit different? Uh, do S are SEOs and PPC experts more likely to use the same landing page? I have so many feelings about this. I really feel like I should go last. <laughs> <laughs> Who wants to go first then? <laughs> Maybe I'll go first with that. I mean, if there are different, um, let's say, it's possible to have different landing pages, but when there is like, let's say, uh, distinct content between uh, each page. So if the, um, the keywords are very close together, then why to create a new page to talk about this uh, specific content uh, while the content is very close together? So it depends on the case. Sometimes, yes, it justifies having different uh, pages and sometimes, no, uh, we don't need that. 
So what about, for example, uh, quality score? Um, uh, is, is that still an important thing? And did that not look at things like links within the page? And if it was an orphan page, then that might reduce quality score. Now, you go back you now you're probably better at this from a more detailed perspective. All right. So a couple of things. Quality score looks at landing page experience more than it looks at um, interlinking. Um, so if we're worried about interlinking, like that's, don't worry about interlinking. Uh, the, the core of how to think about PPC landing pages is, does the page enable the user to convert? A lot of times we PPCs will get frustrated with SEOs for better or for worse, because by the nature of what SEO is, it has to have rich authoritative content to help it rank. Sometimes that sheer amount of content, especially if it's laid out in a way that gets in the way of the call to action, can be annoying to us. Um, and we're we're pesky and we're like, we want what we want and we want to be able to test things. Nadia actually makes a point that I make all the time on the paid side. You do not need a, a, a lot of landing pages. Um, you need a page that can prove out um, its ability to get the user to convert. So if you are going to test landing page design, that typically means uh, that you have a the page is no index, no follow, and it might either be on a subdomain of the of the main domain, and so that whole thing is no index, no follow, and it still has access to the adbot to crawl it for quality score. That's the bit that matters: is that the adbot can crawl it and see that it's you're not hiding anything, or your uh, what you promised on the page is is going to actually be there. Um, if you're going to keep it on on the same page or on the same domain, a few things need to be true. Number one. There cannot be any redirects that will get the ad suspended. Uh, number two, uh, you need to make sure that the ad uh, or the ad bot can crawl it for quality score purposes. Again, interlinking does not matter. Like we don't care. Uh, we we care that the that the if it's a product page, it's in stock. Um, you should too, because if it's you start getting the schema that it's out of stock, that's going to be very sad for you because uh, it's going to start getting de-indexed. Um, the other thing that's actually very 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 important is that uh, you're building out your paid campaigns for objectives, not sheer landing pages. Uh, so uh, yes, you might have that templated approach and, and you're, you're testing those things. Um, Google uh, During Google Marketing Live, there's a new uh, conversion tag or really container um, that's supposed to help with page speed. Um, so hopefully the SEOs in the room will, will not be sad at us when we ask, please, can we have our conversion tracking? Um, if you're using analytics actions, um, you ideally have that all sorted. Um, if you're using native conversion tracking, uh, you're using enhanced conversions. Uh, but yeah, uh, I'm, I'm team subdomain so that we don't have to have the compromising conversations where we can just have it no index, no follow as a subdomain. You have no navigation bar. You just you have your page, and then the main domain is is SEO happiness. Um, but if you do need to keep it on the same domain, like your e-commerce, and, and there's just you're not going to create a whole separate other site. Um, just make sure that you're working uh, in lockstep PPC and SEO, so that there are no redirects, everything's in stock, um, and you're not getting in the way of the path to conversion um, with those walls of text. And there's and my Becky, rant, and that's why I wanted to go last. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. I, 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 was, I was just going to ask Becky. Be Becky, do you sit in team subdomain as well? 
I I sit a little bit on the fence from a cop out point of view in that it really does it depends. So I guess back to what Nadia was saying that it, it depends on what the aim is. So I think for those further down the funnel terms where we're ready to convert someone 100 like if we can get to them to the page without a navigation and it's just literally do this customer follow this through it makes sense but if we're higher up the funnel and it's more display advertising and there's different there's different reasons going on then it might not make sense so all of it comes back to coming back to who the user is what are their motivations and really answering that question if they were to click on this ad what do they want and need to see and making sure we we supply that and make making sure that if it is an SEO page that, as Nava said, that we're not bombarding them with all of our lovely SEO content that maybe is a bit too much. So it's compromise and it's come back to user first, make sure that we're following what they want. And then we tend to also be following what Google and the different platforms want as well. Oh, there's just time for a final question. Um, So um, I'll ask a final question. And then after each of the answers, if you could possibly just share your contact details where people can find out more about you online or follow you on social media, wherever uh, you want to share. That's uh, that, that's great. Uh, so the final question, um, so this can be either from an SEO or PPC perspective. What's the most important thing that either an SEO can learn from a PPC expert or a PPC expert can learn from an SEO? Who'd like to go first for that one? <laughs> no one's taking it. I'll go, I'll go. Um, uh... I think it is just that we're both trying to do the same thing and that we're both should be focusing from um, user first. So it's actually not my channel's the best. It's what is best for the user. And it really is having those open conversations and trying to remove yourself out of your channel and your own personal biases around what's great and looking at it from a customer point of view and remembering the fact that your customer doesn't care what channels you market on. They just care that you're there to be found at the right time when they've got the intent and the the need for what you what it is you're selling, so yeah, that's it. again feels like a cop out on the fence answer, but th- but that's me. <laughs> and where can people find you, Becky? Uh, find me on LinkedIn is probably the best place, or Becky Reflect on um, on Twitter. So yeah, super. Well, thanks for joining us. And um, Nadia, should we go with you next? Um, what's your thoughts on that one? What can either an SEO learn from a PPC or a PPC learn from an SEO? What's the most important thing? I think uh, I would need some more time to reflect on it, but to answer that short, I think um, PPC is very much concerned with conversions. Um, uh, when it comes to the page copy, I like to look always at the page copy from a PPC perspective and to apply always um, the best conversion practices on the page because I find it always uh, useful direct to the to the to the point. Um, for me, it's always the exercise of collaboration and uh, exchange because sometimes it's. Um, um, yeah, it's case by case, and then having the other uh, perspective um, always is useful. And just not, like not to be fixated on one perspective, to be um, really um, inclusive of different um, angles. Um, and finally, it's always uh, great to look at the performance of uh, what the PPC uh, work is doing. So it's uh, it's always great um, to, to collaborate together. And where can people find you, Nadia? So best uh, on LinkedIn, uh, Nadia Mujahid, um, or yeah, seotransformer.com as well. So my contacts are there. So 100% agree, share, collaborate, um, 
one of the things I, I think not enough folks do is look at um, CRO as a really useful bridger between PPC and SEO. Um, the more campaigns, the more brands um, that build CRO or conversion rate optimization into uh, how they think about it from a technical standpoint, from a creative standpoint, uh, the the better the campaigns perform. So if you do not have someone that looks at both and and distills that data down, um, shares it, uh, definitely need to, need to look there. Um, build in wild and crazy time. Have 15 minutes that are unmovable uh, on your calendar to collaborate with the PPCs and the SEOs. Um, and just know that we're all human and we all are trying to drive sales and profit and happiness for the brands we serve. Um, and we're, we're, we're all in this together. Um, and if it's a technical faux pas, let's find a way to mitigate that and to overcome it in a way that's that much more innovative. If it's a creative opportunity, like let's, let's figure out which is the best channel to scale it, but just, just know that we're, we're not enemies, we're empowering buddies and it's, it's all good things. And to preemptively answer your question, uh, you can find me also on LinkedIn, uh, Nava Hopkins. Uh, you can also uh, check out my site, navahopkins.com. Uh, where I offer uh, consulting, uh, speaking engagements. Uh, as I mentioned, I'm the Ask the PPC on Search Engine Journal. Um, you can submit questions there uh, or find me on Twitter at NavaF. And I'm, I'm always happy to chat about literally anything, whether it's digital marketing, Star Wars, puppies, world's your oyster. Building wild and crazy times. Love it. Um, <laughs> great advice there from everyone. Superb panel discussion today. Um, much appreciated. We have this every single month. Um, not just about SEO and PPC and how things can um, be more collaborative between different um, marketing channels. Next month's discussion is on how to keep your SEO clients happy. That will be happening on Monday, the 18th of June. June, we've already got uh, two great guests for that one. Jake Gauntley from Reprise Digital and Olga Zimar. Zamarki, Zamarki. Sorry, I got that uh, surname. Uh, there's a bit of a challenge there, but um, from Zimmer Media. Um, so a couple of great guests. We're going to have another one on there as well. How to keep your SEO clients happy. Monday, the 18th of June. Sign up at theknowledgepanelshow.com to watch that one live. Where we will hopefully have Dixon joining us for that one and uh, hosting that one. In the meantime, Nava, Becky, Nadia, thank you so much for joining us live. Great episode. Much appreciated. Cheers, guys. Thank you.